0: What's your attachment style? Welcome back to Relationships. First, it's Dave DeBay, and in this episode, we're talking about the four attachment styles. Now, if you don't know anything about attachment styles, you're in a good place. You're gonna figure it out here. Now, if you've already been educated on the four attachment styles, well, it's a good reminder. So what we're gonna talk about today is obviously the four attachment styles, but one thing I want to note before going into it is that we're humans. We evolve, we change, we go through you know, stressful times and non-stressful times, and sometimes in between those, our attachment styles might be modified. For example, if you're going through stress at home or like maybe your family, it might affect your relationship in a negative way with your attachment style. Or you might learn something from something else which then changes your outlook on your relationship and your attachment style changes. So just know that we're able to change And it's one of the best reasons why you should pay attention to this, because, hey, if you don't know what your attachment style is, and you listen to this, and you're like, oh boy, that actually kind of sounds like me, maybe I should work on some things. That's great then. Or you just left a relationship, and you're looking at getting a new one, you're seeing someone, maybe the understanding that you gain from this is going to tell you whether or not that that person is worth committing to or not. Or before you commit to them, you set up boundaries, so you can communicate these types of issues with them and they can overcome them before your relationship gets very serious, that is. So some things to note. And the other thing too is I'm going to talk about, you know, what are some of the ways that you can figure this stuff out, right? Like what their attachment style might be before making that commitment. Obviously going through them and talking about them will let you in on that. But there are other signs and things that you can look for to help out with that. So let's talk about the first of the four attachment styles that's the secure attachment style secure was that say it means that the person's secure with themselves they're secure with their communications typically this individual has a high sense of both self-worth as well as emotional intelligence they know who they are enough to allow freedom in the relationship to occur meaning I don't need to know everything you're doing and when you're doing it and the times that you're doing it in order for you to sustain a good relationship with me. So I'll let you go hang out with your friends and I'm going to go hang out with my friends. So you have your space, I have my space. And if there's problems, I'll communicate those. Right? So it's about openly communicating both problems. They're comfortable in their communication. They allow the freedom in the relationship for things to just naturally happen. Now, One thing you might find with this too is, so someone who says, you know, you're in a relationship and they look at one of your friends, they say, you know, that friend of yours, I feel like they're constantly hitting on you and it's irritating to me, it bothers me. And you might become very defensive listening to this. You might be like, wait a second, Uh, I've been friends with them a long time. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they don't do the things that I'm saying they're doing. And so someone who brings that up does not mean that they're insecure in their communication or insecure in their style. Like if they're communicating something to you because they're worried about it, pay attention, listen to that. They might be justified in what they're communicating to you and maybe you're blind or oblivious to it. And so they themselves, you might be thinking, well, you're insecure then. You're not secure with me and my relationships. I don't know. What I'm saying here is listen to what they're talking about. And then maybe look at it from their perspective. So if someone's communicating that to you, there's two sides to it. If they're just a jealous partner, that's one thing. But if there's someone who's like, no, this person is actively constantly hitting on you, then that's a different thing. And mind you, to them, it could be a key sign for for them about your attachment style, even. So, I'm bringing this up because to me, this is one thing that can be a gray area when it comes to, well, I don't think they're very secure if they're constantly worried about, you know, are they worried about all your guy friends or just that one guy friend? Are they worried about all your girlfriends or just that one girlfriend? That's a key sign. That's a differentiating factor here, okay? So, that's what I'm talking about. So, all right, now we've covered... The secure one, right? I feel like that covers secure pretty well. Let's go to the second one preoccupied. Now, this can also be known as anxious, preoccupied, or insecure, ambivalent. I should say that again insecure, ambivalent. Okay. So, this is someone who they overanalyze their relationship. They can be very aggressive, demanding, and very clingy. And they're attracted to partners whom A, they can save, or B, which is probably the majority of, that can save them, right? They romanticize love. This is the person who, like, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. And so they do this because they don't want to work at their relationship. They They think relationships should just come natural, like what they've seen with, you know, the fairy tale movies, that relationships just come natural. That there's not much work that's involved in them, but there is. And so they struggle with, you know, low insecurity or a lot of insecurities, low self-esteem and establishing a strong sense of self. They grew up in an environment where their parents or their parental figures never set up healthy boundaries for them or showed them how to do it themselves. And they had little to no guidance on developing who they were as an individual. Because of this, they struggle with their identity and often their identity is in, it can be in fantasy land with like, oh, this is, this is what I really want. But you know, they're fantasizing about those things. Like I said, like the true love, you know, the love story movies where there's little to no work involved in having that relationship. So they might not pay much attention to the current relationship they're in because of it or not put much emphasis in it or have false expectations of what the relationship should be or how things should be, you know, divvied between a couple. So this person is the preoccupied, anxious, preoccupied, or otherwise insecure, ambivalent attachment style. Now moving to the third one, we have dismissive or dismissive avoidant, otherwise known as insecure avoidant. So This individual is someone who's emotionally distant in relationships. They come across self-sufficient and independent, and really what it comes down to is they're really avoiding intimacy altogether. They don't want to be seen as vulnerable, and they'll seek a lot more alone time. They shut down emotionally from connecting with others, and they themselves also have very few close friends. Right. They themselves are very insecure in who they are, and oftentimes with this person, is they didn't have—the the person that they looked to in their their family, like said their mother's the patriarch or father's the patriarch, where they wanted that attention, they did not get that attention. And because they didn't get that attention, they themselves kind of shut down. And they've done things to garner that attention from that person, but because those things have failed, they also then carry those things into their personal, their other intimate relationships. So that's the third style. Now we move to the fourth style, which is fearful, fearful avoidant, or disorganized. So this type is very unpredictable. They fear being too close or too distant from their lover, and so they become unpredictable in that aspect. It's like, what am I going to get this week? Am I going to get the person who's lovey-dovey on me or the person who wants to hang out away from me? Right? They are overwhelmed with their own emotions, and so they, they themselves haven't identified who they are, and in this, they're fearful of all the things. This person also hadn't had a very good upbringing with setting boundaries, but really what it comes down to is emotional processing. This person, they fear be- being abandoned because they themselves were abandoned. And so they struggle with putting faith in their partners or relying on them at all. And so they they feel themselves that they are the ones that they can only rely on themselves. They can't rely on other people. So they're always having this inner conflict. They want intimis- intimacy, but they're also wanting to resist it because they are afraid of that abandonment. They also, you know, out of all the, the groups, they have the fewest of friends because what they'll do is they'll abandon someone before they themselves get abandoned. It's better for me to throw away the relationship before I get hurt than to get hurt by that person. And so you know, if it comes down to it and the person's like, well, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't be with each other. They'll be like, whatever, I, know, I didn't care anyway, which is not true. So those are the four styles. So now there's things that we can do to look at of you know their relationships with their parents because ultimately this comes down to parenting style. A lot of it does. Now, not all of it does, but a lot of this can be seen with how an individual has a relationship with their per- parents or their parental figures. If you know, if their parent was a helicopter parent versus their parent was someone who just was not really around or didn't have great expectations of their children. By looking at these, you'll see the type of person that they're creating, right? So the child and their parent kind of have a a mirror reflection of each other. So when you're looking at someone who, uh, you know, a parent who, helps their child with emotional regulation, right? They help their child process their emotions, or there's someone who says to their child, so if you're with them and the parent is saying to them, you're always so, you know, so this or so that, like you're so critical of things. Well, are they critical of things because they were critical of things? Are they placing blame on the child for something the parent is doing like I've seen, I've been out and about and I've seen parents do this. They kind of throw it back on their child as opposed to helping their child process something like, you know, boys don't cry. Why don't they cry? Of course, boys cry. But to, as a parent saying, boys don't cry, well, why? There's no justification for it. They're just telling him to grow up and not deal with your emotions, right? So if you see that, if the parent is like that, then you know that there's, Going to be a problem with that person processing their emotions. You know, so what are, what other relationships do they have? And do you see them interacting with those individuals? Will teach you a lot about that person's attachment style, but especially how they're treated by their parents. How their parents treat their children, I think, has a lot to do with how you're going to see whether or not that person is a good, suitable partner for you. Another thing I should add here is gonna be their par- their parents and how they deal with, and so like if you're looking at yourself even, right? What were your parents' response to your failures or your successes? And what kind of love did they communicate to their children, right? So if the love was conditional, an example of conditional love is like, if you do this, then I'll love you, right? So there's this expectation of do this for me and and I'll love you and I'll give you love. And there's this other side of that too, where the love is just there. It's just conditional or unconditional rather, where that, that love is always present. Like the child gets up to do something or for their parent and they never had to do it, they just decided to do it for their parent. That shows unconditional love. The responses to failures and successes, so, you know, the child shows up and they had a bad day at school and, and so school's punishing them and the parent just punishes their child without understanding the situation or trying to garner that information from their child to decide whether or not that punishment was just from the school or not, but really collecting 100% or as much of that information as possible. Like here, I read the note from school, and how am I going to treat you, my child, based on what I'm receiving here? Do I collect more information from my child, say, hey, what actually happened? Do I call the school and ask them, hey, can I talk to the other Children, or can I talk to the other children's parents to find out if this is what happened and create their own context for it before deciding what punishment must be, you know, taken for their own child? Like there, there's a lot of these aspects that build up who we are as individuals when we get older, you know. So, as an adult going home to visit your parents, do the parents do the conditional love then too? You'll see this. So if you go visit someone that you're seeing and you see them interacting with their parents, you should be able to discern some of these aspects, right? How, do they give unconditional love? Is there is there some weird expectations that the parents have of their children that is, you know, it might not be said, but it's it's definitely felt. Is there a a discourse there, or is there they're not? Like you have to discern that for yourself in the moments and then obviously you have if they're if you're dating them you can ask them questions about their family. you can ask them questions about how they were brought up. you can ask them these questions and discern from their answers a how they feel about their parents, why they feel the way they feel about their parents and what those relationships are like. you can ask them about their past, intimate relationships as well. What were they like? Why did they break up? Now, sometimes that might be a touchy subject and maybe you don't want to breach that, especially if you're a person who's fairly secure in your attachment style. Sometimes their past relationships have little bearing to where you are now. And so sometimes bringing those questions up or having those interactions isn't necessary, but sometimes it is. Like if you're if you're getting really serious and you want to take this to the next level, you want to get married to them, those are going to be serious questions to ask, especially if they were married. Right? You're going to want to know about those types of things. What happened? Why did it end? What you know, was it a financial thing? Was it an emotional thing? Were they abusive? What is that? Right. And that also carries into where you're at right now with them. So there's a lot of things to discern from interacting with someone, what their attachment styles are. So then you can have a healthy relationship going forward with obviously with yourself and with your partner. With that being said, I'm David Bay with Relationships First. If you'd like to join our private community, you can do that at relationships-first.com. If you'd like a one-on-one consult with yours truly, you can also go to relationships-first.com and you can sign up there for a one-on-one consult with yours truly. If you do us a favor and subscribe and let other people know about us, rate us, Let us know how we're doing, which also lets the world know that we're a good podcast and that people should listen. With that being said, I'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.